Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host, and I am so excited to be spending some time with you today because we are on the second podcast in the series of How Do I? The first podcast in this series was How Do I Help a Child Move from Single Words to Sentences? So if you missed that one, go back and check that out on theworkingtherapist.com or at pediatricdt.com. There's a link over to The Working Therapist, and you can see all of our podcasts and that one. But this one is on pronouns. How do I help a child understand and use pronouns? So this is an easy goal to write. And I see this goal all the time because it's very specific on language tests. You know, can they do it or not? It's an easy goal to write, especially when you're not really sure where Nestle to go with the child. So the first thing I want to do to start off with this is challenge you a little bit on thinking about pronouns. Yes, this is an easy goal to write. Yes, it's easy to figure out if they can or can't do that. But a pronoun is very abstract. So think about it. He and she, they, him, her, his, yours, mine. Mine's not so abstract, especially for like two-year-olds. Because mine, mine, it's mine. I've got it. Like I'm holding this in my possession. That's probably the most concrete of all the pronouns. Mine, my mine, and me. And then I guess you. Here's where I want to challenge you in working with pronouns. If a child is not understanding to put two and three words together, if they're still engaged in parallel play, if they're starting with, you know, functional play, but really all they're working on is agent itself, meaning everything about the play is all about them. Or if they're not even to the functional stage of play yet, and they're still working on combinational play, combining two objects together in play, they're not ready for he and she. They got to at least understand boy versus girl, you know? How are you going to do a he and she if you don't get boy versus girl? How are you going to do a he or she or his or hers or all of the above if you don't understand, like me, I'm playing here and that, hey, oh yeah, you're in the room also, like you, like there's something that you can do for me, you know? So is a pronoun goal easy to write? Yep. But when should you work on it? So let's talk about that first. You've got this kiddo. They're really not using single words yet, or maybe they are using just some very basic single words, and they're still engaged in parallel play, meaning they're really not playing with other people. They really don't get how you can help them, or they're really not engaging with you, and they're really not using words to request things from you, or maybe they're kind of just screaming for stuff, then forget he and she. Drop it. We're not there yet. So let's just talk about right now, me like the pronoun for me. So let's first start on me and you pronouns. And really that has to do with turn taking. So the first thing you need to do before you even begin to write that pronoun goal, and I work on me like very early because me is like to request. So I have a child pat their chest for me to request things. And I focus all my goal or my pronouns around me and getting them to use the word me. And I really don't even worry about a you. You know, not like you or yet. So if I'm working on them with the me thing, I have them sit in front of a mirror and I'm behind them and I do a lot of push and go cars. If you don't know what a push and go car is, let me tell you, these are awesome. First, you got to work on getting them to engage in play and understand combinational play and functional play and putting those kind of concepts together first and then understanding, hey, I got to do this to get this thing before we even get into the you. So let's just focus there. Me, 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 me. That's them sort of the mantra of a two-year-old, like what's mine is mine is mine, what's yours is mine, what his is mine, what's hers is mine. It's all mine, like a two-year-old. So that's normal. 
right? That's typical for a two-year-old. And so children who are functioning at that two-year-old level, and that a child may be age chronologic of four, then maybe they're functioning like a two-year-old. So let's think developmentally where they are. Yes, the four-year-old is missing his and hers on the PLS, okay? Yes, but the bigger issue is they're not engaging with others in play. They're not able to do any reciprocal play or really participate with others. They're not able to engage in circle time. They're not even really able to figure out how to play with a toy from start to finish. So let's get that first. And you can work on me and turn taking. And I like a turn taking goal now. I'm all about some of that. If they first understand how to play with a toy for start, do, finish. So first get the whole start, do, finish, play with a toy, stay engaged with a toy for a few minutes, understand if I do this and this is going to happen and getting to use a single word. So let's pretend the child is there. They can do all that stuff I just finished saying. Now they really got to start to engage with others. They got to start moving from agent as self in play to object as self or to others as self to really start getting in that functional play stage. A lot of times I'll start with a big mirror and a push and go car. So if you don't know what a push and go car is, here is this. Tommy makes a great one. Pull back and go. You can get like those die cast cars, pull back and go. But Tommy makes a great, nice push and go car. You push this thing on the train and the car shoots off. It's, they're fun. And like Shelly makes some little ones. Tommy makes some big ones, but it's push and go. I have them sit in front of the mirror and I sit behind them and we'll push the car and it'll have it go. And then during requested again, I'll have them pat me. So they're seeing themselves in the mirror. Me, they're getting the pat the car for me. And then we'll get the car back because I'm going to make it so they're sitting not very far from the mirror and I'm going to have them V-sit. So the car can only go so many places. Of course, my legs are longer than theirs since I'm sitting behind them. So the car can't go way off and I, so I won't lose them. So proximity to them is really, really key at first with this goal because you're helping them just understand me. I've got this. This is mine versus the rest of the world, you know, versus there is an option for somebody else in the world to have something and how do I get it back from them or how do I engage that I want it or have they just registered that this stuff is mine and I'm doing it and then that person has it and I don't need to have a fallout fit because they have it because there is an option for me to get it from them right to ask for it sure you're with me so first I'm just working on me 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 and not in the concept of the pronoun so much though they are using the pronoun but just in the concept that I've got this stuff I'm in control of my body, start, do, finish. I understand the beginning to the end of an activity. I can engage for a few minutes. I can request with a single word and I can purposefully and functionally play with the toy, you know, the way it should be played. I'm not lining everything up and I've, I can understand cause and effect play and I'm starting to get into some functional play. But this child's still at parallel play. So I sit behind them. So I'm in the picture. They see me there. I'm with them. Then I might move to pushing the car back and forth between myself and them. So we're kind of sitting feet to feet, V-sit, you know, both of us are V-sitting foot, foot to foot. So my proximity has moved a little bit. I'm still really monitoring that and I'm making sure that I'm not too, too far from them. So I'm still close and then we can push the car back and forth. And so I have them keep saying me, me for them for so that they get it back again because it really still is all about them you know, and then, and I do activities where we have go back and forth. It's all about them as it should be. So they need my turn to be super fast because they're kind of going to be over it in just a few minutes. You know, bubbles takes too long. 
and also I lose them in the proximity of it. So a lot of times with the push and go car, they'll do me and then I can also do me patting my own chest. So I'm modeling that they're doing me. I'm doing me. I'm not introducing a new pronoun. So they understand me because I've got the car. So I can be like me, me, me. I've got it. I got it. I got the car. And they understand like, oh, they got it. And but then quickly it's going to come back to them. Same thing with a ball. Just the car sometimes mixes it up, makes it a little bit more fun. And the ball, they can throw it all over the place and you can lose them. So you really want to keep the proximity, meaning like proximity, like them close to you right here. You really don't want a very large circle of communication happening here. You want it to be sort of closed and, and around them so that they're not, they're not going to get too far up from you and forget all about what you're doing over there. Another game you can play, anything where you got to throw like a beanbag to knock down some blocks where it crashes, you know, they do it and then me, I do it and knock it down and then they get a meet. So you don't want to knock the whole thing down, just part of it so they can knock it more down again. But at least they I can wait like three seconds for a turn to, for you to stay engaged. And you don't want it to let it happen too long for them to start to have a fit. I try to start with very small proximity, close to them, me back and forth. I'm engaged, but I'm not taking a big long turn. So they're starting to really understand. And then I start to engage another child in pretty quickly. So I don't really use me me mean like me Hayden therapist I don't use myself for too much into it to it so instead what I do is I try to get another child and them in a play scenario in the classroom I can do turn take each child has to take a turn you can pass things among each one so for example with the potato head everybody's got potato head so one child is holding the potato head they have to pass it to the next child and the next child puts the pieces in and then the child has to pass the potato head back to the first child again. And each time the each child is asking for me, I want it. And they have to request the potato head as they pass it back and forth. So me, I want it. And then the one child holds the potato head till the other one requests and asks. And then they pass it over. And then the, that one puts the piece in. And then they pass it to the next one. And my, that one puts the piece in. If you have the option of working in a child's classroom with some other kiddos or like one other child in this. And you want a very well-behaved child with this. But if not, then they can do it with you. And you can create the same scenario with, with you in a therapy session if you don't have anybody else another child around to use this with but then you can also engage with the parent and have the parent do it as well you know so that back and forth parent and them parent and them and you're kind of the facilitator and then moving between the two you can do that anything where you got to like take the object and move it back and forth and you got to add something to the object any game like that so potato head works great tobbly wobbly from fat head Bat brain toys, anything that works great the popper where you're having to wear hog wild that you have the popper and then you shoot the popper at a ball target so there's not a long wait time basically you don't want a lot of lag time here because think about it if they were really paying attention to the world around them and really using a ton of words and really engaging with others they're probably not going to need you right so they're kind of these kids are involved in themselves and they're not really using a lot of words you got to sort of help them understand the bigger world at large and understand oh the other people have a role and there's a function and a purpose for other people and here's how you functionally and appropriately communicate with them but you want to do it in a very concrete building type of way and you don't want to use multiple word phrases with this with pronouns keep it simple only work on the pronouns you're popping at this one and me I want it it's my turn then they get it me I want it it's my I turn this one and I'm using a lot of me you know that's it for the beginning for the me and the you now you can start to after the me begin to move into you a little bit once you know they've got me and they're really understanding that oh there's people in the world and they really understand turn taking once they really have that and now they're not engaged in just parallel play but they're engaged in play where they play with others not just alongside but actually engaging others in play 
and then they really understand turn-taking and they participate fully in turn-taking. They're good with that. You know, they're not like fighting you the whole time. Then I go into the you. So then I start to introduce you because then they already understand and they've already got the receptive concept around your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. So then you put words around it. Otherwise, you're putting the expressive thing first versus the receptive. So you got to start with the understanding first and then you build on the words on top of that. Think about it. A child has input for the whole first 12 months of life before they come out with words, right? So input, 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 receptive, build, receptive, build, receptive, build. Same concept for this. They got to understand the concepts. They got to understand play. They got to understand other people. They got to understand turn taking, give and take. They got to understand if you do this, you get this. And they got to be able to wait for three seconds. Their attention span has got to be long enough. You got to have all that stuff done first before you go into you and using a you and a me appropriately in a sentence and a phrase. They got to really be at a multi-phrase level before you really get to you. Okay. Also, another couple of good games that I love to work on this, especially when they understand turn-taking. I love, I've talked about them before, the Tomy track that goes around and around, the Caduzzi road, you build it like little track, you build it and put the car on there. Anything we got to build a track and make the thing go, I'm all about some of that. Building up the Melissa and Doug blocks and knocking them down, I'm into that. I love the Bubber. If you haven't heard me talk about Bubber before, Bubber, but I like that because you can have one knife cutter in the bubber and then you have to pass that between each other. Also, the cookie cutters, you know, you, instead of having all the cookies cutters out for bubber to make it, they can request and take turns and ask, okay, you got the star. Do you want the star? How do you ask it? I want the star or my star. And then, all right, so do you want the star? Okay, ask for it. Say, my star. Can I have the star? Or I want the star. You know, really, they're demanding it first versus asking. But that's a good way to work on I and you. And if you don't have another child, then you be the I or the you, you know? You just be the other, basically, is what it is. <laughs> At the beginning, really, the other is just really a nuisance for most of these little people, but they have to learn how to, to deal with that, right? That's our goal. So now let's think about he and she. They have to understand, they can't do he and she until they really understand you and me and that others play a purpose in this world, and they really understand how to put a sentence together, noun, verb, descriptive of some sort, they have to really be able to get some kind of concepts around descriptives because boy and girl are nouns. They have to be able to pay attention to a boy versus a girl, and they have to at least be attentive enough to label differences between a boy and a girl. I'm not talking body parts, but the fact that, oh, the girl has jewelry, long hair, I'm being very stereotypical, but if you're just going like with the basics of boy versus girl, then, you know, boy has short hair. Doesn't mean a boy can't have long hair, but you know what I'm saying here. The differences, what makes, how boys different than a girl. If they don't get that, you know, the clothes are different. If they don't understand or they're not even paying attention to that, they're not going to be able to get he and she. So let's start receptive, concrete, practical, and then move to the he and she. And don't complicate this goal with too much other things because it's a pretty tough goal because you're asking them to really look at two things. Well, first, just look at it and pay attention. Understand, okay, how are they different? How are they the same? Well, they're both people. And how are they different? Label boy and girl. And now take it another step, label it he and she, and use it appropriately in the sentence. You want to make sure they can do all that stuff I just said. So where are they? So don't complicate this goal with using full sentences. I mean, really focus on this goal with just first, receptively, boy versus girl. And so I love to use Barbies for this, like Ken and Barbie, because boy, 
girl. And now the way I set it up is I set Ken over here on one side and Barbie on the other. So they're nowhere near each other. You know, they're very different. And then I'm like, oh, then I give different one objects. So Ken, it's like I kind of set up like a store. Like, okay, here's our store. And all these objects are in the middle of the store. Depending on how what the child's attention span is and how distracted they are, I might limit or increase my number of objects. So at first I might just get my store, I might just have an orange or a banana and a plate. I feel like in the store you have to have food, but it doesn't matter, have any object you want to. Give the banana to the boy, give the orange to the girl. So first just understand boy versus girl, you know, and have them way different sides of the world. You can also use Melissa and Doug has a great make a face with princesses or girls. Like you have the princess girls or you can have like older, more glamorous looking girls. And then they also have these the guys that can be like superheroes or like a monster guy where you're basically making a face. And those look very boy versus girl. So sometimes I can set up Melissa and Doug like a make a face with the princess girl on one side and like superhero boy, girl. Let's put the eye on the boy, you know, very hand over hand. So you're just getting them to identify what's different about these things. You know, the girl's got these big old long eyelashes with a bunch of makeup. The boy's got this like patch on his eye, you know boy, girl, very stereotypical, but hey, I'm just going to understand boy and girl. You know, if the parents don't want me to work on it or it doesn't really fit for the cultural beliefs or whatever's happening in their world, I don't target it. Don't have to, you know, if it's something that everybody's cool and kosher with me working on, then I'll work on it. But I check all that out. That's just understanding your child and your family you're working with and understand the whole continuum of care with the, and the child and understand and asking the right questions, then go from there. So anyway, this eye goes on this boy. This nose goes on this girl. This girl's get big lips. The boy has, I don't know, unfortunately for the Melissa and Doug pictures, the boys end up looking kind of sad and because they have like buck teeth or they're missing teeth and the girl's got all these like pretty makeup and fingernail polish. So really not fair but hey i didn't make it up it is what it is so very boy and girl ken and barbie very good boy and girl just understanding that whole those two things melissa and doug also have these paper dolls but they're not they're magnetic dolls so they have girl and boy versions of that too you can use that as well though those aren't as much fun and kids don't get stay engaged with those as long with this activity because this is already kind of hard so you want to make it as fun and exciting as possible Sometimes with the boys with this goal, I may have them put the food and or whatever the object is we're buying at the store and drive the car to Ken. I mean, for the boys, for Barbie, I might have them put something in there and then they have to, instead of driving the car, like driving a cool Jeep or whatever over to Ken, then they're driving like a, could be like a Corvette to Barbie or they're driving like a, a wagon or something to Barbie, just as long as there's two different things like Ken's got this car, Barbie's got this car, boy, girl, that kind of thing. So then once I think they understand really boy and girl and they're able to use some words with that. So it's not just receptive, but also expressive, being able to use word and identify. And I really think they've got the identification. They're starting to use some words. Then I'll start doing he and she and I'll work on he and she with boy. So he wants the orange. Give the orange to the boy. He wants it. Who wants it? And I'll have the child say the boy does good. So tell me, say he wants it and have him imitate. He wants it and do that. So I'll do that via imitation. And then I work up to them using it independently, he and she. But I really don't complicate it with anything else, but just boy and girl identifying. They really, for this goal, think about it. They got to pay attention. I said it before. How are things the same? How are things different? Receptively understanding it and then working up to he and she before we 
ever go into they. So if you're working with like some school age kids and they're not getting the he and she thing, you may really want to take some steps back. Make sure they got this boy and girl thing independent of anything else if they understand it and then work their way up. Also, you know what may give you some clues is do they generally pay attention to the action and the activities in a picture? Like give them a picture. Are they able to really understand if you say, okay, hey, show me the boy that's riding the bike like in the picture, you know, and there's a lot of activity in the picture. They have to really be able to pick that out and really look identify, slow down, pay attention and pick it out. If they can't do that kind of stuff, you got to way back it up, back, back, back up, back that bus up and get back to understanding just to identify same and different, not the goal, same and different, but just really think about that and coming up with these pronouns. Okay. So then once you're sure you're understood boy versus girl, you know how, and they're paying attention to those descriptives, then you can start to get them to use boy and girl. And then you can start to have them to understand he and she and the descriptives that, and the concepts that make up the he versus the she, and then work into using he and she after that, then you can go to they. Usually once they get that, they's not too hard. And then his and hers is not too hard. But remember with his and hers, you're getting into possessives. So just first do he, she, then do they. Same concepts as you did when we talked about the he and she. Then move into possessives. And with possessives, I'll slow down and go, I'll usually do his and hers before I go to they or theirs. So I really work on the simple possessives and the, the singular possessives before I go any kind of plural possessives or any of that kind of stuff. Just really stick with the very simple ones. And I've, you know, who's got cat? He does his cat. And I'll out it out with objects before I go into pictures. So you really want to keep this very concrete. And again, where you position the toys and where you position the objects is really important so that they are very different sides of the table or very different sides of the little area you're working with on the floor so that they have to sort of move their body to move stuff to he and she because then it also helps them to really sort of focus their attention. So if you have Barbie and Ken right next to each other, it's too close. Move them apart. You know, when you have to drive the orange to Ken, you have to drive it to the left. And then with the Barbie, you got to drive the cup to Barbie, then drive it to the right so that they're set in opposite so that they're two different places. So their proximity again is really important with this goal also. So there you go. All right. So with pronouns, big takeaway, don't target too many things when it comes to pronouns and don't be quick to write the pronoun goal. Think about really all of the language and the play stuff that, that's developmentally appropriate before you hit that pronoun goal. It's easy to want to get to write it. And I've done it a whole bunch of times because it may, it's very black and white on the test. They can do it. They can't. But think about all the things that happen, have to happen around the concepts of getting the pronouns and understanding that abstract stuff before you can really have them do that. Those are my takeaways when it comes to pronouns. There you go. So I enjoy spending some time with you talking about these pronoun goals. So I try to be real careful not to rush this goal and not to write it too early. So thanks for spending some time with me today. Catch other episodes of The Working Therapist on theworkingtherapist.com, also on pediatricdt.com and iTunes and Stitcher, other therapy ideas, topics for speech, OT and PT. And I will catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.